Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Cheeseheads. Cheeseheads. Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Welcome in. It is Kurt and Long with Sparky and Ryan. Our first ever edition of us two doing uh, this show uh, for Odyssey reunited one more time. I've never, I don't think ever, done a show with Ryan Horvath, the president of the Aaron Rodgers fan club. I don't think he and I have ever done a show. Have you and I ever done a show before, Ryan? I don't think so. No, I've produced the big show. Right. And I've done updates and I've popped on usually to argue with Gary about yes. Aaron Rodgers, about Brian Gutekinds. Back in the day, usually we would argue about Mike McCarthy, who needed to oh, stay yes. and who needed to go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we've ever done anything with just you and I, not even a draft show, nothing like that. No, nothing like that at all. So, all right, lo- lots to get into. Uh, Ryan Horvath texted me last night and he said, I've been staring at the wall for the last three hours. I just don't know. I- and uh, I knew you would be demoralized three in a row. Uh, and for those that don't know, you know, bet MGM tonight, uh, bet QL, Ryan Horvath, uh, Trista Crick uh, and-, and those folks uh, doing that show. So he lives out in DC now. So he's surrounded by all of these Washington commanders fans if there are such things i'm surrounded by them out there so you really have got to deal with these people now yeah you know what's funny is it was like probably 60 40 packers fans and we know that green bay fans travel well obviously but i get a kick out of it here in dc um because this is where i moved to obviously do this you know this uh this platform and bet mgm tonight but the thing is that's funny is like nobody i keep joking nobody cares about sports here because nobody is actually from washington dc so they're sports oh. fans but for example like we do the show from mgm national harbor every monday night and if the eagles are on monday night football it is packed. There's tons of Eagles fans because there's a bunch of Philadelphia transplants. There's also a bunch of Giants fans and Jets fans because of the New York connection, sure. obviously being on the East Coast. But man, I mean, 
yeah, there's the old school fans, but it was like 60-40. So that's not an excuse. Home field advantage for yesterday because the Packers fans, man, I mean, there was a lot of green in that stadium. And it's funny, like even when I moved here, I'll never forget the first night I was here, the Wizards were in the playoffs and it was the first round. And I went to a bar because I didn't have cable at the time. And I was like, hey, do you guys mind throwing on the Wizards game? And the bartender in the sports bar, he's like, wait, they play tonight? And I was like, yeah, it's the first round of the playoffs. It's game one. Why am I telling you this? You know, you should have this on your TV guide. So, yeah, I mean, we do run into some Commander fans, but it's not bad, man. It's not like living in Chicago where it's 90%, 95% Bears fans. Or in Detroit, you know, even though they're brutal, they care about the Lions. I couldn't imagine being surrounded by Vikings fans. It's not terrible here. You almost just feel bad for them, too, you know, the people that do root for this franchise because the stadium's a dump. I didn't realize until I went in there, man. I mean, there's like bleachers that are beginning to collapse in there. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Like, you are not in Lambeau Field. I'll just put it that wow. way. It's it's rated the worst NFL stadium. And Lambeau Field is still number one, but it's it's rated the worst stadium for a reason. But that's uh, that's horrible. All right, no so the Packers business, no business losing to this team. Uh, no, no, Taylor Heineke, backup quarterback, obviously. They saw Heineke in the past. Not like the Packers haven't seen Heineke recently, but either way. So you get Washington, you you lose uh, against the Giants, you lose against the Jets. And again, this was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule. Giants, yeah. Jets, Washington. These were three wins in the middle of the schedule before it starts to get tough. Oh, by the way, that's this week, primetime Sunday night football against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, but that's not what happened. And instead, they get out to a 14-3 lead thanks to a pick six by Devondre Campbell. Uh, and then it was all downhill after that. Uh, first questions first. What's your biggest concern from the Packers' loss to the Commanders, Ryan? Man, I mean, so they couldn't hold, they couldn't hold on once again to an early lead. And I'm not making excuses, but, I mean, the penalty on Eric Stokes. Again, they should have taken a two-score lead in that game. And they just – my concerns are the same things that I've been concerned about really since like the middle of last season, even with Devonte Adams and MVS Matt LaFleur. I love him as a head coach. I think I like him at least, right? I'm starting to sour right. a little bit. I don't want to throw him under the bus, but we've seen this with his teams. I find them to be a little bit soft. Like when they get punched in the mouth, they can't get back up. And we've seen this look when he coaches against his buddies on his coaching tree. It's like, they know this about him, right? Like, Kyle Shanahan owns them, especially in big games in these playoff spots. We've seen it twice now. Robert Sala, you listen to his post-game remarks about the Packers, the body blows remarks that he had, calling this team pretty much soft. If you take them underwater, we knew they weren't going to be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Whatever that was, it kind of scared me a little bit, but also it made me a little jealous. I'm like, I want him as my head coach because LaFleur, after these losses, like when I texted you that I've been staring at the wall for three and a half hours, that's what I should look like, nearly in tears because my team has lost to the the Jets, the Giants, and the Commanders. Mm-hmm. Like you said, with things about to get tough, look at two of the next three weeks. Yeah, you have Detroit sandwiched in there, I believe, but you're going to Buffalo as double-digit underdogs. And then after that, after you do see Detroit, you see Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys, and maybe you chalk that up as a victory. But that's a good football team with a really good defense. And yesterday, Dak came back, and he looked great. So my biggest concern is still – Matt LaFleur's teams, man, they're a little bit soft. And also, you know, Warren Sharp put out this tweet a couple weeks ago about the defensive side of the ball, the pass defense, right? Number one pass defense in the league, except for when they see play action looks. Then they dip all the way down to 32nd. They're the worst pass defense in the league. But more importantly, like the thing that scares me about these LaFleur coach teams is the offensive side of the ball where all their production comes on these scripted drives. Everything looks good when it's scripted. And then, you know, the second quarter, they completely fall apart. And then at the end of these games, 
Like they're at their best when it's Rogers running the two minute drill. And right now he can't play Superman anymore. He's not Superman anymore. Like he's not connecting on the deep ball. He kind of looks like Philip Rivers and Peyton Manning those last couple yeah. of years. Doesn't he a little bit, man? Like yep. the deep ball's been gone. And so the thing is, I'm not going to throw him under the bus completely, but he has to be much better. He's been terrible. This is the worst version of Aaron Rodgers I've ever seen. I'm a little concerned that he's done. But at the same time, look at these aging quarterbacks, right? Like look at what the Colts do when they do go out and sign a Philip Rivers. They surround him with the running game like Jonathan Taylor. At the time, he had some weapons. Even Matt Ryan, you know, right now um, has has weapons. He has Jonathan Taylor, and he has an actual deep threat. The Packers don't have that. So with an aging quarterback, if you were going to bring Rodgers back, you had to go out there and make a deal for somebody like A.J. Brown. And I know they probably couldn't afford it, but, I mean, it just you, you can't surround him with rookies that you knew he wasn't going to trust, especially one in Christian Watson who can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. I really do like Alan Lazard. I think he's playing fine. He's just not a number one wide receiver. And so I have a lot of concerns, but I'm going to, I guess, to answer this question long-winded, I'll go with um, Matt LaFleur is my biggest concern, his, his team's. Yeah, you know, this is the thing about about Matt LaFleur and, and this Packers team right now that I'm concerned about, right? Uh, you said, well, they don't have a running game. Aaron Jones is damn good. Right, correct. A.J. Dillon isn't bad. So, you know, the last two weeks, oh, we got to get Aaron Jones the ball more. we got to get Aaron Jones the ball more. Okay, so they did. Throwing him the ball. Well, when your running back is your best wide receiver and then you stop giving him the ball because he's constantly running passing routes, then you're not running the football. You're not even attempting to run the football. You looked at that Washington defense and said, you know what? They're really good. Our offensive line isn't so good. So we're not going to waste our time trying to run the football uh, in this game and abandon it quickly. So that, to me, is my biggest concern. Coming into the season, I remember Gary and Leroy, well, more Leroy than Gary, because Gary, I don't think, bought it either. More Leroy saying, oh, this is going to be a different Aaron Rodgers. You know, he'll throw, you know, 20, 25 times a game, whatever it takes to win. They'll run the ball more. You're going to see. And Gary and I both just let this come on, get out of here. This is not happening. And this is exactly what I thought was going to occur, which is there's no way 12 is going to get down with just handing it off and running into a brick wall for two quarters uh, and trusting that that ground game can get itself going. The other thing that's hurt this whole situation is you can't keep the five on the field all at the same time. David Bakhtiari, and we'll get to him later uh, in Curtin Long here, but David Bakhtiari not being able to play and then finding out that Zach Tom, your starting offensive left tackle, found out when he got to the stadium that morning that you're starting. And Zach Tom saying, well, you know, I take left tackle reps throughout the week because with David's knee, you just don't know, you know, when when I may play. That's not good either. If your yeah. left tackle is in question, the right side of the offensive line has been complete trash. Uh, Royce Newman, they finally pull out of there. So that's been a problem because Rodgers constantly is seeing pressure from the right side up until this last week. Run blocking. Who's the best run blocking offensive lineman on this team right now? Who can you say, okay, we're going to get behind this side and we're going to run? Back in the day, it was Bakhtiari Nelton Jenkins. Just get behind them and run. You, I can't trust the right side or the left side at this point trying to run the football. That's how this offense is going to get out of it. I, I firmly believe that. You're not going to get out of it by some miraculous chemistry between Rodgers and these wide receivers, especially when Rodgers is talking about, well, these guys maybe aren't running the right routes or they're not running the routes at the right depth and so forth. You hear stuff like that. 
That's stuff I should be hearing in preseason game one right. uh, or in training camp after OTAs are done. And you've done all of that work and now they're still not getting it. But the fact that we're still having this conversation coming up on the middle of the football season to expect some magic light switch to turn on and all of a sudden they all know what they're doing. I think everybody's joking themselves at this point. And, and that to me is the biggest concern is with this offense, if they're going to turn it around, they must must trust their ground game. And that offensive line, Ryan, has to run block like they've never run block before in their lives. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yeah, see, this is the toughest question for me to answer on a Monday morning after you lose to the Commanders because I figured, okay, if we do lose this game, if they lose this game, we're going to come on this podcast and we're going to talk about my biggest concern being the offensive line because an hour and a half, two hours, and we figured, you know, there was a chance we weren't going to see David Bakhtiari, especially when we hear those very concerning comments. And also, like, they should coach up some of the guys in the locker room. That's probably not something that you should say. Like, you just see it with him sometimes because we're already talking about we think his career might be over, right, or at least the best days of David David Bakhtiari, sure. him yeah. played 80% of the season. When that's what you're hearing from a young player in that locker room, that's very concerning. But I, you know what, man? I figured this was going to be the entire first segment was going to be me complaining about the offensive line, but they played damn good yesterday, actually, for a makeshift offensive line that was thrown together, you know, two hours before kickoff. I, I'm concerned about Aaron Rodgers. I knew I was going to be concerned about the wide receiver room, so I'm not just going to throw them under the bus. I do throw the floor under the bus a little bit because there's obviously a connection issue with the quarterback, the coach, and the general manager. And we'll get into that a little bit later, but that's my biggest concern is that this football team has absolutely no identity. You said it best. You know, we thought that this was going to be a different version of Aaron Rodgers, even though he's the back-to-back MVP. They were going to be a running football team because you have A.J. Dillon. We're comparing him to Mike Allstott. The only problem is he runs more like Warwick Dunn. He looks like Mike Allstott. Aaron Jones runs harder. He's just smaller. So I get we do this thing where Matt LaFleur says, well, we don't want to, we don't want to have him carrying the ball 22, 25 times early on in the season. We want to save him for the end of the season in a postseason run. What postseason run? You're not saving him for crap, man. You're saving him for an eight, nine win football team. Get him the football. He's the best player on this team. This is no longer Aaron Rodgers' team. This is Aaron Jones' team. He's the best player on this football team. Devontae's gone. So here's my problem, right? Brian Gutekind's probably had the same blueprint. Running football team. Look at the teams that always knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. Physical teams. It's never the better quarterback team. It was the New York Giants quarterback by Eli Manning. It was the San Francisco 49ers quarterback by Colin Kaepernick. Granted, 
that he had some great performances. He was a game manager, right? He's out of the league. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson was not Russell Wilson yet at that time. It was the Legion of Boom defense, Marshawn Lynch running the ball. And then San Francisco, look at last year. They get knocked out by a team that doesn't even score an offensive touchdown for the second time. Jimmy Garoppolo, the first time they beat him, attempted eight passes. So you think, okay, we're going to build that model of a football team. Strong in the trenches. Top five offensive line. Top five defensive line. We finally get Kenny Clark some help. The secondary's top five in the league, you think. You overpay probably for guys like Campbell and Rasul Douglas, who both did pr- play pretty good yesterday, but have been big letdowns. Campbell's already missed more tackles the first five weeks of the season than he did all of last year. But my problem is this team has no identity because Gudikins is probably thinking we're a running football team built on defense. But LaFleur or Rogers, somebody still thinks this is 2010 and 2011 and Greg Jennings and, you know, Jermichael Finley and Jordy Nelson are out there because there is no reason this version of Aaron Rodgers should be dropping back 32, 35 times per game, especially when he's averaging, what, three to five yards, uh, intended air yards. I mean, he can't push the ball down the field right now, man, because they don't have anybody taking the top off the defense. I, w- I would kill for MVS on this roster. They didn't even replace MVS, let no. alone Devontae Adams. So obviously – there's something going on with Gudikins, LaFleur, and Aaron Rodgers. They could say what they want in these post-game pressers and during the offseason that they're this is the best they've ever had the relationship, but they're lying to us because right. this is, is a mess. Yeah, it is a, it is a mess. There's no question. Let's let's go to the next one. And that is who's most to blame for this Packer poor star leading right into what you were talking about. Listen, I I, I think this all goes back to 12. I think it goes back to Rodgers to, to a certain degree. And yeah. it's not even necessarily because of the play on the field, right? They didn't do a deal with Devontae Adams before last year because they didn't know what the hell was going to happen with 12 going forward. They didn't know if he was going to play, not play, if he was going to still demand to go somewhere after the season. They didn't know what was going on. So they didn't want to commit to Devontae Adams and then have Devontae mad that he got stuck with Jordan Love and his numbers are down and then he wants to be traded and he wants out. So in a weird way, this is kind of all 12's fault of why this whole thing didn't play out. And if 12 doesn't lose his mind over the Jordan Love thing uh, and doesn't, you know, create the circus that he did, then Devontae Adams probably is already signed to an extension. They're both together for the next three to four years, and everything is fine at the end of the day. And do remember that, you know, Rodgers has had a lot of talent. Now, we could say, oh, they don't have a first-round pick. He's only thrown a touchdown to one first-round pick. That was Mercedes Lewis. That wasn't even drafted by the Packers. Fine. But he's had Jordy Nelson, who played really well with him, right? He had Randall Cobb now twice, and Cobb has looked best with him than he has with anybody else. Devontae Adams in the beginning, I remember calling him James Jones because he dropped the ball so damn much. But yeah. he developed into a superstar player, one of the best in the National Football League. He had Donald Driver towards the end of his career when he still had something left. He had Jermichael Finley. He's had guys. So then the question was, okay, so Devontae Adams is gone. Well, no big deal. 12 is, the, you know, the best. He'll develop that next guy, and away we go. And then here comes the preseason, and Romeo Dobbs is looking like that guy. Here we go. First couple of games, Romeo Dobbs still doing it in the regular season. And now yesterday, he got a couple of drops, one of which Rodgers still doesn't understand how he dropped the ball after he caught it. And now you don't have that go-to receiver. And it's the first time, really, in Rodgers' career where that next guy didn't step up uh, and take the controls. And now it's, okay, 
you were what seven and one or whatever the hell that stupid number was without Devontae Adams. And everybody wanted to move on from Devontae Adams. They can win without him, Sparky. They don't need him. To hell with you. You yeah. do need him. And look at him now. They suck. This offense is inept. And it all goes back to you don't have Devontae Adams. And your MVP, MVS point is correct. I was watching Kansas City yesterday thinking the exact same thing like, dude, how much better would they be if they even just had MVS? Because in their mind, I'm sure Watson was supposed to be at least bare minimum MVS, a guy that can stretch the field. He can throw two or three deep balls to a game. If he hits a grave, he doesn't find, but at least a threat of a deep threat. You don't even have that now because he can't stay on the field. So for me, if I'm laying blame here, it all goes back to the Circus 12 created, which then kind of led to the path of them not offering Devontae Adams a contract extension and making Adams wait, which then pissed him off to not want to be there under any circumstances and chose to go play with Derek Carr instead of all things. So to me, it goes back to 12. I know you're not going to go 12. So where are you going? No, no, no. Actually, those are all very valid points. And I actually agree with every single thing that you just said when it comes down to it, man, because Devontae... And, you know, you could go to this like they didn't offer him the extension because they didn't know what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. And even if they did, I don't think he wanted to play with Jordan Love. And I'm not no trying chance. to slight, I'm not trying to slight Jordan Love. Like, obviously, you know, he always wanted to be a Raider. He's moving to the West Coast. You know, you think of all the indoor look at I mean, he's all over the place already. He's he signed with us. MGM yep. Devontae Adams is an MGM spokesman now. So I get it. Um but uh, this is a tough question because, like, for a three and four football team with all this talent, it's so hard to just place the blame on one guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? Because at the end of the day, I think that if he's the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and they're playing terrible right now, but if he has Mike Evans, if he has Chris Godwin, I think he's still putting up numbers and I still think he's in the running to win MVP. But I also don't want to throw the wide receiver room under the bus here because it's not like those guys are playing bad. They have limitations, they have physical limitations, man. Like, Alan Lazard is playing like Alan Lazard should play. He's not meant to take over the role of Devontae Adams, right? Uh, these rookies, I like Romeo Dobbs. He could have a game where he has no grabs with four targets and has a couple drops. You know why that doesn't bother me? He's a rookie. Devontae right. Adams dropped balls. Jordy Nelson in that Super Bowl, he wasn't a rookie, yes. dropped balls. Aaron went back to him, though. James Jones got got you know what? It got screamed at by Aaron Rodgers. I'll never forget that national TV Monday night football. He ran a wrong route. Rodgers threw a pick against the bears. Rodgers chewed him out on national TV. Everybody's like, man, what a jerk. James Jones, the next year led the NFL in touchdown receptions. So I'm not going to throw the wide receivers under the bus. The offensive line hasn't been good. The defense hasn't been good, but they do have the horses, man. It's easy to throw Joe Barry under the bus. And I think he is a big reason why the defense has underperformed. But for me, I'm going back to Brian Gutekinds because, because, okay, because look, let's look at it like this. All right. You trade away Devontae Adams. You have to bring somebody back in return. You needed uh, AJ Brown was available. I didn't really want Robbie Anderson, but you have to take a flyer on a guy like that for a six round pick, even if he's a headache, because you've seen it work before. You saw Randy Moss work with the New England Patriots. I mean, we've seen it with the Packers when they've taken gambles on teams. This always just it goes back to like not trading a third round pick for Tony Gonzalez years ago. And then he still had a lot of good football left in him. But I, I go Brian Gutekinds, man, because. All right, you don't take one of these wide receivers in the first round. Now they have interest in Chase Claypool, and they're looking to move picks for Ch- Chase.
Chase Claypool. He was available. You could have had Chase Claypool. Yep. You also could have had T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a top 15 wide receiver in the National Football League, and you knew he was going to be. In that draft, you trade up in the first round for Jordan Love, and why wouldn't you trade up for a guy like Justin Jefferson? Maybe he wasn't available, but look at the players they've passed on. I like A.J. Dillon. I love Jonathan Taylor. You passed on Jonathan Taylor. Even guys on the defensive side of the ball that they've passed on. The Jordan Love pick was a wasted pick because – you paid Aaron Rodgers. So now the problem is you can't even evaluate Jordan Love on his rookie deal because next year you have to make a decision on Jordan Love. And Aaron Rodgers, hate to tell you this, if you're an Aaron Rodgers hater, he's probably coming back. And oh, even yeah. if you're, you're evaluating Jordan Love with this wide receiver room, a beat-up offensive line where we don't know if Bakhtiari's back, and then you're evaluating him off what? So I have to go with Gudikins because all these picks on the defensive side of the ball, none of them are working out, man. I mean, Eric Stokes is fine, but not in this scheme, not with him playing soft zone coverage 15 yards off the ball again that goes back to joe barry i love jair i i will argue he's a top five corner that's another really rough day yesterday terry mclaurin absolutely abused him yesterday in man coverage overpaying for devondre campbell tough day to complain about that because he had the pick six rasul douglas how many holding penalties this year um you know quay there's i i don't know I i don't know if i'm sold on him man some of these picks darnell savage jr I just we keep trying to build this defense and it's not a top five defense and you've neglected the wide receiver room. You can't start a season with Aaron Rodgers at 38 years old with Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins. You knew neither of those guys were playing 12. Dude, Sammy Watkins hasn't played a full season since his rookie year. Correct. Yep. So I'm going to go with Brian Gutekinds. I'm blaming Brian Gutekinds because, again, this goes back to, but also it falls on Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur because those three guys, if the goal this year or in the next two years before Rodgers hangs it up was to win a Super Bowl, they are not on the same page because I thought this was a running football team that was built off their defense and they still want to be the Packers of old. And they still – and LaFleur's like – you know, a couple weeks ago, it was A.J. Dillon getting 16, 17 touches and Aaron Jones going into the half with only three touches. The play calling has been brutal. This team has no identity. So I'm going to blame all three of them, but I got to I gotta go with uh, Gutekinds, most of the blame. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Do you like the positive nature that Aaron Rodgers is taking through this whole thing? You know, he, he came out, he wasn't happy a couple weeks ago with Jair Alexander talking about, well, if we lose to the Jets after they lost to the Giants in London, wasn't happy about that. I'm Pat McAfee said, you know, you know, words manifest, you know, kind of things that that occur if you have too much negativity and so forth. Okay, I can get down with that. Then you lose to the Giants or to the Jets, I should say. Jair Alexander walks back his comments. Oh, no, no, I'm not worried. We're good. We're fine. fine. Uh, Matt LaFleur shows a little bit of panic in postgame. Rogers still holding steady. Like, we'll figure it out. It's a process. But, dude, I can't. Yesterday, this whole thing about, well, now we get Buffalo and, you know, everybody's going to not think we have a chance. You know, this may be the best thing that could have happened to us. Dude, get out of here. Get out of here. I've about had enough. I mean, at some point, I think at some point, 12's just got to be like, look, this is the deal. Deal is, if we don't get our head out of our rear end and start doing things the way we're supposed to be doing on offense, this is going to be a long damn year. And that means the wide receivers got to run the right damn routes. We got to run the football better than we're running the football. And I've got to play like an MVP because I haven't to this damn point. That's what he's got to say. Something along those lines. Blame them. And then at the end, put blame on you and go, dude, I'm not playing like an MVP. I'm not even coming close to playing like an MVP at this point. And I'm letting my teammates down and we all 
have to step up and show some, show some fight, show some anger, show me something. This whole lovey dovey peace and love and all this crap. Just stop. I'm done with all of it. Horvat, all of it. I'm done with it. Oh, that's very fair. I did like the Buffalo comment because I did bet on them plus 10 and a half. This is the biggest underdog Aaron Rodgers has ever been in his career, a 10 and a half point dog. And I do think that this is always when these Green Bay teams, you know, when they're not a very good football team, this is always when they're at their best, right? Or at least when they show up and show some fight. Like they didn't get up for the Giants, the game in London, they should have won. They had a big halftime lead. They didn't show up in the second half. They clearly didn't get up for the Jets. Also, I'll argue the Jets, especially on the defensive side of the ball, damn good team. Um, yesterday, there is no excuses for that. The problem is I came into the season expecting like 11 wins, maybe 10 wins. I didn't expect 13, you know, 13 and four or a 14 win season. I heard even like Ryan Rosillo, a lot of people were predicting the Packers to win the Super Bowl. I never saw that, but I thought that they were at least going to be a playoff team. Now I'm watching every game of this season and I was considering selling my New Year's tickets against Minnesota at Lambeau because I don't want to go to that bloodbath if they're already out of the playoff race, you know. Now I'm watching every game like, you know what? Aaron Rodgers is my favorite quarterback all time. I'm going to watch him like I watched that those last couple of years of far. I mean, not excluding you know, the Minnesota years and the year where we're, where they go to the NFC championship and lose the Eli because he falls apart at the end of the game. But the years where they did win four games and you saw Farvis cooked and then he'd threatened to retire at the end of the year and he was throwing really bad interceptions. That's the version of Aaron Rodgers. I feel like I'm watching. I don't like the positive nature. I wouldn't be all for that, but I don't see it on the field. That's the problem. I'm calling BS. He's making a lot of money right now and he's doing the good PR move when he goes to the podium. Like, uh, I still think this team has a lot of fight. Show me that on the field because all I see on the field is a, a ball thrown at Romeo Dobbs shoelaces, which, yeah, maybe he should come down with. Maybe he should hold on to the ball. At the end of the day, that wasn't a very good throw. Why are you complaining? Why are you rolling your eyes? Put that ball where it needs to be. Move out of the pocket a little bit, man. Yeah, you're yes. getting hit a lot. You're taking sacks, and I know you're getting older. You could still move. Did you fall off a cliff the last four months? Last year, he was moving around. You know, there was those there were those games, especially those games against Chicago. You know, he was scrambling for five, 10 yards, yelling at the fans. Where's that Aaron Rodgers? It's easy to be that version when you're surrounded with Devontae Adams and MVS and the best offensive line and Aaron Jones at the top of his game. AJ Dillon. This This year, dude, lead the team, man. Same thing for Tom Brady. Like when things are going bad, they just mope on the sideline. Put your arm around Christian Watson or Romeo Dobbs after a bad drop. Go talk to Alan Lazard. He just goes and sits on the bench by himself with that stupid haircut. Yeah, that, that stupid haircut. I hate that haircut. But, okay, having said that, think about this. So, screen passes, the bootleg with the naked boot with the tight end running with them. I mean, there are certain things that this offense has done in the past and has done it fairly well, and they've gone away from. You can have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the backfield together in that pro set side-by-side, like back in the day with Craig and Rathman in San Francisco, and you can make teams get a little bit confused. You don't know who's going which way, where if one is leading in front of the other if Jones is the lead blocker is it going to be Dylan you can do a lot of stuff with that look you don't have five great wide receivers anymore this isn't an offense that benefits by having five wide receivers on the team this is an offense right now that 
realistically should be running double tight end with two running backs and a wide receiver. That probably should be kind of what this offense looks like. Let Mercedes Lewis play more. I mean, he's not going to play much longer in his career, so just running him into the ground. Let him go out there, be a blocking running back with Robert Tunyon. Let him run multiple routes off of that double tight end. You have Dylan and Jones in the backfield behind Aaron Rodgers and pound the ground and, and make that your offense. And I know I have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Why waste them? It's not Trent Dilfer. I get it. But right now with what you have, you have to make an adjustment. And if it's going to happen, I hate to say it, it's got to be 12 because LaFleur is not going to suggest such a thing. There's no chance. He's not going to go to 12 and go, hey, dude, this is not what I'm thinking. Well, what do you think? We're going to take the ball out of your hands, and we're going to focus a little bit more on the running backs, and occasionally we'll throw to a tight end. Uh, and if we have Lazard you know, and Cobby, maybe we'll throw a couple to him. But that's how we're going to kind of go about this thing. We're going to run the ball you know, 30, 40 times a game. No chance he's going to suggest it. Rodgers has to be the one to come to him and make a suggestion of doing things differently. See, and really quick on that, and that's my problem right now, and that's what I mean. I feel like this is high school, and Rodgers and LaFleur are pissy, and they're angry with Brian Gutekinds for not going out and getting better wide receiver weapons, maybe. Maybe not dealing a second-round pick or a first-round pick for A.J. Brown, which they should have done on draft night if he was available. I mean, there was only discussions with those. A lot of this also, man, like – AJ Brown, you knew he was going to be, it's kind of phony. Like you knew he was going to be an Eagle and he was going to play with Jalen hurts. Those two teams were the only two teams in in discussion. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's easy for me to throw Brian Gutekinds under the bus. We don't know the phone calls he's making and the discussions that he's having. But what I mean is, let me ask you this really quick. Do you think Matt LaFleur was in on the Jordan love pick? Oh yeah, for sure. Him, him, and Lafleur were both in on it. Lafleur was like a, a giddy schoolgirl when they had the TV, when they had the the camera on him from his well, house or wherever Lafleur was that night. Yeah, absolutely. They were all in on that. Because if Lafleur has anything to do with these play calls, like obviously you have to watch the second halves of these games and you see Aaron Jones. Like the, the like Aaron Jones being neglected three carries last week. You know this week they actually got him the football a little bit more, but still the problem is the predictability also of the play calling. They come to the line of scrimmage. I know exactly what they're going to do. If I know exactly what they're going to do, these defensive coordinators making three five million dollars per year, guys like Wink last week, two weeks ago, whatever it was, they know exactly what's coming. The offense is very predictable right now without Devontae Adams, without MBS to take the top off the defense. When they do run the ball, the problem is we know they're going to run the ball. When we see them actually with Aaron Rodgers under center or we see AJ Dillon come into the game we know here comes the draw for two yards so say what you want about AJ Dillon I know he's a big guy he's trying to break six tackles because the offensive line that's the other problem isn't getting any push there's no run blocking so I mean my problem is right now like I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur may be on the same page or LaFleur may be fine with Rodgers going rogue but I feel like, is he intimidated? Is he scared or something? Because if Rodgers is just changing the plays at the line of scrimmage, and that's why you're not running the ball on third and one, fourth and one a couple of weeks ago, when does LaFleur step in? When does he threaten, and I know this is the MVP of the league and you're paying him $50 million, when do you threaten to say, hey, I'll go to Jordan Love if he's going to run the F and No chance. Never. That never, well, ever problem, happens. Though. That's my problem, though. Do you think Mike Tomlin would let Ben Roethlisberger walk all over him? Do you think Bill Belichick would let Tom Brady go rogue and run his own offense? See, but this is what we don't know, though, right? I mean, look at Manning in Indianapolis. Well, telling these plays he sucks. I'm sorry. Right. But Manning in Indianapolis was doing whatever he wanted. Tom Moore was the offensive coordinator. Tom Moore gave him, like, 10 plays or whatever yeah, he, he had, was. He had a 
wristband of everything. Right. And yeah. away he went. And they just let him do what he wanted. And Tomlin and Roethlisberger different because Tomlin's a defensive guy. He's not really the offensive guy necessarily. So I don't know how much he really gets involved in the offense. Now, Belichick gets involved in every damn thing. So yeah. even with the offense, back in the day with Charlie Weiss calling the offense or whatever else, when Brady probably was listening and doing what he was supposed to do, later on, though, I mean, we've heard stories of Brady getting chewed out in film sessions by Belichick for making a bad throw or a dumb decision or whatever. We know that happens. I don't think LaFleur is chewing out Aaron Rodgers for anything at any certain point. We just had the video. What was it against the uh, it was the Jets game, wasn't it? Where they had a third and two and a fourth and two was at the Giants game. And you see LaFleur go, you want to run that? Right. You see him say it. And then they ran it. And then Rodgers goes on Pat McAfee and goes, well, his play was good too. We just happened to run my play. Well, of course you did. That was always going to run your play. First play call of all time because on third and two, why was why was AJ Dillon drafted in the second round? In the second round of the draft, if you and at the same time, man, like I know you are going to have to pay Jamal Williams. I am going to say this. All right, I've been saying this a lot. I would rather have Jamal Williams on this roster because he's better in pass pro. I think he's a better back than AJ Dillon. I'm saying it. I mean, but the problem is if you have AJ Dillon on this roster and it's third and two, right in in the red zone in a one touch in a one score game, you run the ball with AJ yes. Dillon. And you know what? If he's a yard short, you know what you do. It's four down territory. Get back to him. Football again with AJ Dillon because yeah. these little short screen plays. Like, Rodgers is off. That's the other thing. It isn't just that he's not connected on the deep ball, man. The mechanics have went back to whatever that was in 2018. I feel like I'm watching the 2018 team all over again, McCarthy's last year, where every week it's something, man. They're in these games. They get off to these nice starts. They don't put together four quarters of football. Then we see the crazy injuries. Yesterday, Alan Lazard's out with the shoulder. You're the only guy that showed up. The only – like, who do you enjoy watching on this football team? Because for me, it's Rashawn Gary. You lose him, now he's probably going to be in the concussion protocol terrible loss but i just feel like this year everything that could go wrong is going wrong and this just seems like a team that's dead right now you know the quarterback not playing good rogers mechanics terrible he's not setting his feet he's all over the place he doesn't trust his young receivers you know we're questioning the coaching staff joe barry you know i'm getting uh, mike petton vibes all over again or dom capers whichever way you want to go i just feel like we're watching one of those really bad teams where they've also had a lot of good luck the last three years let's look at it like that man they've won 13 games but you always expect this team to regress because of the way that they win last year they beat a lot of backup quarterbacks they didn't see Lamar Jackson they saw Tyler Huntley you know they're in a terrible division Minnesota finally fired Mike Zimmer they're a little bit better but they've had a lot of luck look at how many what were they six and one last year seven and one and one score games you could easily be one and seven in those games and that's the problem this year they're not winning those close games against those bad football teams anymore they're losing those games and that's why the NFL is so crazy you know, it, it is has been a fun episode, episode one of Curd and Long. We'll do this Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays most weeks. You'll have three of these uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. We'll tape this uh, earlier in the day. It'll be out later in the afternoon, and we'll try and get a, a normal time. But this being episode one, it's going to depend on how long it takes me to edit this video, to be honest with you, see so you actually actually get this thing out. Uh, but having said all of that, make sure to download Curd and Long on your Odyssey app and uh, go back and listen to it there or watch it uh, wherever you 
want to watch your uh, podcast at. Ron, this was fun. Wednesday should be even more fun because we get Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers on Tuesday. And there's always something that fun that, that comes out of that bad boy. Uh, yeah. And we got to get more into David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers' contract situations and really what this looks like going forward because could there be a situation where they walk away together? Where they both say we're done because I, I, I mean, I don't know if Bakhtiari's playing now because of Rodgers, and he might be like, "Dude, this is stupid. What am I doing? Like, my yeah. knee is filling up with fluid every uh, week or two now. I don't really want to go through this anymore." And twelve yeah. may be like, "Dude, you got to stay with me until I'm done. You got to roll with me." And when twelve says he's done, Bakhtiari may ro- walk away. Cobb may walk away. They all may walk away together, uh, and that's something we have to uh, get into as well. Ryan, thank you very much, my friend. We will talk again on Wednesday. Thank you.